0: Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message.
1: Come on, do you know your God? God will turn it for what? Your good. Goodness and mercy will truly follow you amen so we are so thankful to be here today i think many of you who are members here you realize that uh at 11 o'clock this uh, this evening we were supposed to get on a plane going to israel we were supposed to be over there 14 days scheduled but how many of you know god can order your steps god can uh, but look at this i'm going to tell you this right now we're still going It just won't be tonight, but we're still going. Amen? Because I know that God said go. Now all we're working on is his timing. Whatever the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it for good. Something good is about to happen. Amen? Do this for me. Uh, Alfred, I know I didn't even ask you this, but if you can find some... 30, uh, that's Maui back there. Maui found, uh, it, it, I don't care what version you put it in. Uh, you can put it in the messenger. You can put it in King James. But find um, Psalm 30. Go ahead and sit down. Amen. If you can. If you want to stand, it's all right. I'm standing too. <laughs> Glory to God. Find Psalm 30. I've been encouraging myself. You don't know what the Bible says. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, God will raise up a standard. And the reason, the way I see that God raised up a standard in my life, he just brings scriptures to my remembrance. And so Psalm 120, Psalm 30 have been just comforting to my spirit, comforting to my heart. And I want your hearts to be comforted by knowing the Bible says, this is how you comfort. This is how you comfort other people. This is how you comfort yourself by going to the word. Why? Because in the dark times, the word becomes a lamp unto your feet. The word becomes a light unto your path. The word becomes that medicine that you need. And we all need the word. And the Bible says, the word should be what? Nigh you, even in your mouth. This is how you resist everything that the devil is trying to do to kill your joy. Do you know if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't steal your goods? Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then, you know, he's trying to be a stronghold. But you're able now to pull down the stronghold. How are you pulling down the stronghold? With the word of God. Who did that? Jesus he came out of fasting and praying. In the flesh, we would say probably a little weak. But because of the word, he found strength. he been reminding the devil, I don't live by words alone. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When you can get your hearts and your minds over to where, how you live, some people think they live because they're connected to certain people. That ain't it. You need to be connected to God. Some people think they live because they got certain education and certain assets. You don't live because you have certain assets. You live because you are have access to God. The Bible says you can boldly come into the throne of grace and receive what? Mercy in the time of need. Whenever you're ready, Maui, I'm ready. <laughs> Look at this. It says, I will... Extol. Now, you may not use that word extol very much. That's just something to mean I will praise God. I will truly exalt God. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up, and I have not let my foes rejoice over me. I'm praying for Israel that they will see this, that this is a psalm that this comes to their heart. Lord, my God, I cried out to you, and what did you do? You heal me. Look, even if you're going through a personal uh, attack in your body and in your whatever aspect of your life, you can know that you can call out to God and he will, he will answer. Verse 3 says, Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Amen. Say, I'm alive and well. I'm alive. Say it again. I'm alive and well it is well with me it is well with you it is well with us amen verse 4 says sing then sing praise to the Lord you saints of his anybody a saint of God I don't mind taking claim of that so the saints of God do what sing praise they don't sit there crying they don't sit there saying woe is me they sing praise and they give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. Somebody shout, Jesus. Jesus. And every time you think about Jesus, you should give thanks. Because look what he's done for us. Look how he has blessed us. Look at how he has surrounded us with his favor like a shield. Go on down to verse number five. Verse number five says, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but... Joy comes in the morning. You thought it was just for funerals, didn't you? But God is saying, let's go a little further. You'll see it. Now in my prosperity, I said I shall never be moved. The answer, stop there. Go back to verse 6. So a lot of times, folks, when things are going right, you're just saying, I, I, I won't be moved. I won't be moved. Oh, oh, the Lord has blessed me. But every now and then, the devil will attack what's going right in your life. To see if you are right with God. Now, his intent is not to get you right with God. His intent is to destroy you if you are not right with God. Say, I'm right with God this morning. Say it again, I'm right with God this morning. How can one be right with God? You have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you are not right with God, bless the Lord, you're in the right place to get right amen we have a man of god that's gonna preach the word this morning you'll get right with god I, i the word will convince you it's just so necessary for every man every woman every boy every girl to be right with god i mean you know you don't know the day you don't know the hour you don't know the second you don't know the moment when the lord will come again anybody aware that jesus is coming again He is coming again. The Bible has shown us that he came. God sent his only begotten son. He came. He lived. He died a horrible death on a cross. But the Bible says he got up again. He rose from the dead. And the Bible tells me now Jesus is seated at the right hand of God and he's coming again. But look at this. Verse 7 now. In verse 7 says... Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, and I was troubled. Yesterday, all of Israel probably said, God, where are you? Where are you? It appeared to them in the natural that God, you have hidden your face. Even Jesus would declare this from the cross. Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me? Why have you hid your face? How many of you know God never leaves you? Never forsakes you; lo, he is with you. The Bible says, "What until the end of the." Every now and then, it just feels that way, though. But God has not forgotten. Say, "I am not forgotten!" Shout it! I am not forgotten. We are not forgotten by God, and we are never left helpless. Go on, verse eight. I cried out to you, O Lord. And to the Lord, I made supplication. I'm just, God help me. God help us. God help the people. Look at verse nine now. What profit is there in my blood? Do you realize that there's somebody who wants to kill you, to destroy you, to take everything that you'd call life away from you? And so the man is asking, what profit is there in my blood? Jesus was asking those question. This is a bitter cup, but nevertheless, I don't want to do it based on my will. Everything about my life, I want it to be based on Your will, God. When I go down to the pit, will the will the dust praise You? Will it declare Your truth? First ten. Hear, O Lord, have mercy on me. Say it with me, Lord. Be my helper. helper. Sometimes that's all you know to pray. Lord, be my helper. Lord, be my helper. That's all I knew to pray yesterday. Lord, be my helper. And you know what the Bible says? He is a help. He is a present help in our times of need. Look on a little further there. (coughs) You read this one with me. You have what? You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with a, You have turned my mourning into dancing. My sorrow into joy. That's what God is going to do. That's what God is doing. That's what God will always do. Why do I know that? Because he is the same yesterday, today, and he'll be that way forevermore. Everything that the devil meant to do for evil, God says, I'm turning it. Do you notice that? You have turned. Say, you have turned. Come on. Some of you need a turn. The path that you've been on, the path that you thought the enemy was uh, defeating you with, God is about to turn some things around. Get somebody a high five and say, God is about to turn some things around in your life. Yes, he is. Absolutely. And just know this. And lift your hands toward heaven as we pray for Israel this morning. And folks, I, I, I'm not only just going to pray for Israel, I have to pray also for Palestine. God loves the Jew, God loves the Palestinians. Folks, there's just sometimes bad people who do bad things. And everybody gets lumped under what the bad people did. So Father... We pray. If we look at what has happened in the last 24 hours, there will be dead people in Palestine. There are dead people in Israel. There are angry people in Palestine. There are angry people in Israel. But God, you're a God of peace, and you are a God of restoration. And your word says you can restore what even the locusts, The canker worms, the caterpillars have eaten up. God, thank you for restoration. And I thank you, Lord, for establishing relationships that are not built on hatred, but relationships that are built and built around the love of Jesus Christ. Put structure in there, Father, not with mortar and bricks and stone, but put structure in the hearts of the people where we imitate Christ where there is no knowledge of Christ or no acknowledgement of Christ God thank you for rhema knowledge coming that revelation that Jesus is the way for centuries now decade upon decade people have been fighting and warring and killing and destroying one another God thank you for what is said in the word, that men will turn their weapons into plowshares and study war no more. A plowshare is for planting. Father, we believe this is a time to plant the word. And if we'll plant the word, we won't have to plant so many bodies in the ground. So help us, Lord, to be awakened in America, awakened in other nations, where we start to plant the seeds that you told us to plant. The harvest is plentiful, yet, labors are still few. Lord of the harvest, send laborers. Help us to go and gather in the harvest. Your word says as we move through our faith journey with God, some will plant. Some will water, but God will give increase. So whatever our role and whatever that responsibility that you're giving to us, whether it's the plant, whether it's to plow, whether it's the water, but to all of us who you've given this responsibility, the harvest is plentiful. Help gather in this great harvest of humanity so that your kingdom comes. And only your will is being done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last night we met with all of the people who have been traveling with us tonight. And I'm so thankful because I could see the rejoicing in people's eyes. I think we could all see if it had not been for the Lord. Do you know our original plans were to leave on Saturday? We would have been leaving early Saturday morning. We would have been there. Yeah, that's a good expression, Denise. But God. But God. But I think all of us left with the same resolve after we had a conversation, a Zoom conversation with each other. We are still going. The seasons may change, but God doesn't change. The year might change, but God doesn't change. And... He who has begun a good work in you, the Bible says he's always faithful and just to complete it. Nothing that God begins, does he just say, well, we can't get it done. It will always get done. And we believe not only will the group that was going go, some of you are going to go because you're going to understand this is a God thing that's about to happen. Amen. So we'll keep you posted. I shared with the group last night, I said, ain't no need of me unpacking my bag. It's packed. And trust me, I was slow packing. Every day. I said, well, I need to pack. Next day, I need to pack. Still didn't get packed. It was not until Friday night that I actually got packed. And then Saturday morning, they said, well, not yet. So it ain't no need of me, Kyle, taking it out. Amen? You might have to buy me an iron so I can iron some of it. It might get a little wrinkle, but I'm not unpacking because I know I'm still going. Amen? When God is getting you ready, he is always getting you ready for what he already has ready for you. Amen? God has something ready for us. I believe it's time for us to give in the way of tithes and offering couple of scriptures, if you don't mind um, helping me, me out with my way. If you'll put them on the screen for me. Um, the Bible says a man ought to always pray. This is why we keep trying to say to this congregation, prayer is not something that you should ever skip in your Christian journey. You have... Various means of connecting to prayer. We have means by which you don't even have to come out of your house, but you still could be in prayer. And yet, I still find people still are not yet connected. Look at me right now. Everybody, just look at me right now. Can you honestly say to me as a pastor, I'm going to get connected? Because I don't know what it is, what it is on a Sunday morning, what it is on a Saturday morning, what it is on a weekday that we are saying to ourselves, I can't get connected. I'm finding it kind of hard to accept that as a way of life for you. Yet we know the scripture is telling us we, where two or three are doing what? Touching and agreeing what is happening. God is in the midst. So whatever you have put as your priorities, Recheck your priorities. Recheck your priorities. Because I know my priority is what Matthew 633 tells me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that all other things then would be what? Look, if you can get up and go to your government job, your private job, your whatever location, you can get up and connect with God. Amen? Because you know what happens if you don't connect to your job. You are probably going to be disconnected from your job. We call that being what? Get connected. The Bible says when you join a church, you are joining the church because of vision. What is the vision of Rainbow Family Christian Center? I, I'll ask it rhetorically. But the vision of Rainbow Family Christian Center It's to build, to build a community bridge over what happened in Israel yesterday, cultural divides. The purpose is, if you look one block, two blocks, three blocks down the road, north, south, east, or west, I guarantee you, you will find cultural divides. Oh, we're the black people. Oh, we're the white people. Oh, we're the we're the, the Latinos or we're the Asian. No wonder Martin Luther King would say Sunday morning is our most prejudicial time, at least in America. Why? Because we break out into racial separations. God trying to get us to link up just simply on the relationship that we have with God. So we are focused on building community, coming together in unity is what community means to me. And to do that, you're going to have to pray. It won't happen without you linking up first and foremost in prayer. Jesus was teaching his disciples, could you not tarry for what? Why was that so essential? Why is he in the garden speaking to his disciples and saying this is essential? Because if you, if you don't do it, you're going to do just what his disciples do. You scatter. Everybody is going here, going there, doing this, doing that, rather than doing what is necessary. Oh man, what is required of you? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. As you continue in your giving, you are doing this. The Bible says you are casting your burdens on the Lord. And what will happen? He shall sustain you. So if you say, well, I don't go to prayer because I'm working. I'm trying to sustain my family. No, God will sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Say, I shall not be moved. Shout it out. I shall not be moved. moved. Read Psalm 1, you'll understand what that really means. Next verse, if you don't mind for me. You with me, Maui? (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. pastor open thy Bible. <laughs> Glory to God. Um, what I wanted you to do is look at the book of Acts. Uh, the book of Acts. Chapter 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Do you know that when you give, God is giving back to you? And he's giving you something that will truly help you to be built up. And the Bible says God will bless you in such a way that you can leave an inheritance for your children and your children's children. That's what God intends. Now, the greatest inheritance of all that you can leave to somebody is the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But he will allow you also to build up resources that you can leave so that when you exit, and I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes in an announcement, when you exit, you don't leave a burden. You exit and you leave great joy to your family. Amen? If I can have that next verse that I gave you, Maui. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Read out loud with me. I, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Anybody love the Lord this morning? Well, the Lord loves people who love him and who are cheerful givers. God loves a cheerful giver. That's why he even encourages her. If you are not going to give with joy, he said, don't even give. Because you're not doing it as unto the Lord. You are doing it out of compulsion. And no one, anyone should ever give out of compulsion. You give out of the joy and the thankfulness of your heart. Now, God has shown us how and what to give. He said, bring the tithe. What is the tithe? The tithe, the word tithe means the tenth. A tenth of what, pastor? Everything that God has blessed you with everything that God has blessed you. Give him a tenth of it. Then he says, tithe and, anybody know what the definition of A and D mean? (laughs) In addition to, along with. So if he's told you to give a tenth and then in addition to, an offering. What is an offering, pastor? Do you know that your offering can be exceeding your tithe? Why? Because you just love the Lord. And you want... What would you do? What would the church do with an offering? It's the things that we do, like feeding over 6,000 people a month. It's the things that we do, like helping to prevent people from being set on the street. I can't tell you how many times I have driven the U Haul truck. Use whatever little muscle I have to help pick people's stuff off the street. Sweat, 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 helping to put it into a storage bed. And you know what? When they were able to get back on their foot and find another place to live, go back to the storage bin, help lift it out, and lift it up into their apartments. But it's because of generous giving that we can do stuff like that. We have three vehicles out there, and they all run on this thing called diesel fuel. That's the cheapest fuel you can get, right? No, it's not. (laughs) So don't say that's right. Diesel is the most expensive fuel out there. But yet these vehicles run every day, and we're not lacking anything. Why? Because we believe that God is who he says he will. He'll open the windows of heaven and pour us out of a blessing that we won't have room enough to contain. And every now and then these vehicles require some type of maintenance. Guess what? The maintenance guy feels like he's entitled to $250 an hour. Now that's just his labor. That's not the parts. And generally, it's four hours of labor. Even if you do five minutes, it's counted as a whole hour. And folks, you ask yourself why. And I think people like me, when I was young and dumb, I used to think that the money was going to the preacher. I said, "Yeah, I ain't, I ain't supporting his new Cadillac." Well, you you ain't supporting pastor's Cadillac I do have one it's in the garage but (laughs) you're not supporting that what you're supporting uh, somebody asked us one time where does the money go I I, I had Denise a few weeks ago I said Denise pull off every contract that the church has right now I'm just going to give you a figure that's probably going to blow your mind just in contracts of things that that keep this church running to keep all of the activities that we do running those contracts were two hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year just the contracts that's not other stuff can you say two hundred and seventy thousand dollars that's just the contracts that we have so what kind of contracts you talking about you know These lights that you come in and, you know, anybody ever come in here in the dark? You ever come in here and it was too hot, too cold? I know sometimes because of the temperature setting, he says too hot, too cold. We try to leave it at one second. All of these things have to happen. It's just like you you sit down at the end of the month and say, what does it take to run my household? You need to ramp that up about 100 times when you ask, what does it take? You know, we have our walk-in refrigerator back there. You can put 10 whole pallets of food in it. The electrical grid that we have to put in is not a regular electrical grid. It pulls a lot of power. We have at least a dozen freezer units back there. Why? Because we are truly focused on blessing people. When we push a cart of food out to people, it is no less than $500 worth of food in that cart. We're not giving a little box that says a cabbage and a pear and a potato in it. We want people to be fed. We want children to have nutritious food. And so we invest in a lot that goes there. And give yourselves a hand clap because you help make it possible and so when you ask me why are we giving tithes and offering because there's so many things in the background that you don't see I go down the hall and I'm blessed every day because I have a group of kids who come here to Rainbow Family Christian Academy and they see me and they go pastor I'm learning now boy I'm disrupted to every classroom because the children jump up they can be in the middle of learning they jump up and want to get a hug they hug me so much that one time they knocked me on the floor. Faith knows now have to be uh, uh, <laughs> armor bearers to keep me from falling on the floor with all the hugs that I get. But that's possible because you bring tithes and you bring offerings into the storehouse. I know you see coming on Sunday and you said, I don't see it, but it's the things that you don't see yet. They are still happening. Amen. Glory to God. I've talked enough. And Kyle says, I'm ready to preach. I can see it right there. So I'm ready, Pastor. I'm ready. Let's go now. All right. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, thank you for the giving. And thank you for the hearts that will continue to give. Those that are in person, those that are online, we thank you for sowing now into the kingdom of God. And Lord, I also thank you for the corresponding return on everyone's giving, that when they give, it's going to be given to them good measure pressed down shaken together and running over shall men give unto their bosom and we thank you as we bring now our tithes and our offering unto you in Jesus name amen come now bring your tithes bring your offering this is what these containers are here at the front for for those of you who may be here for the very first time just come bring your tithe bring your offering
2: into the storehouse
1: the goodness of the Lord doing those things that are good and right in the sight of the Lord is what God has called us to do. And so again we want to thank you for being um cheerful givers and helping to sustain and maintain what is important in heaven. Amen. And so just one brief announcement that I need to share with you. I want you to get ready at the beginning of next month. We want to have a uh, session here in the church. Uh, it'll start around 9 a.m. in the morning, and that whole session is about making sure that we have a house in order. And what I am talking about—how many of you know you're going to die? I don't. I don't hold any punches when I, I say that. All of us, it has been appointed to us, want to die. My point and reason for doing a meeting like this is that oftentimes as a pastor so many people show up had no insurance have no clue of what it would cost to uh, go to a funeral home be interred and buried in or even cremated and so what we do we purpose to bring funeral home directors in um, in cemetery officials in, insurance officials in, to educate. And then we encourage you, even if you think you have a policy, and you said this policy recovery you might want to have somebody look at it. Because a lot of people that I sit down with who had a policy that they thought was worth ten thousand dollars was worth one hundred dollars because they didn't know that it kept decreasing year by year. They were paying the amounts of money every month. That didn't decrease. And in some cases, for some people, it increased. But your policy was decreasing. And so as you got to the end of the journey, you didn't leave a blessing for your family. You left a burden. And so what we are wanting to do, this is not something that we want to teach on every week, every month. But I know that I have to do it on certain occasions. And this is one of those occasions. And really, I'm doing it right before you start to spend all your money on Christmas. And you might want to put something in place that says, I did what God wanted me to do. I made sure things were decent and orderly. And you would be surprised what it takes to put in something uh, anybody know what the average cost of a funeral is? I'm not gonna labor on this. Well, what's the average cost of a funeral, anybody? Just shout it out. $10,000. $10,000. And so, if you got $10,000 just laying around in your checking account, it's okay. You don't need all this. But if you don't, and again, this is an opportunity for you not only to make sure that you have a proper, as we would say, burial, but perhaps leaving something for your family to keep moving forward after the time. So it's not a a shame you, it's really an inform you. Let's be informed. Even if we think we're informed, it is good to get additional information. Things change from year to year, from decade to decade. And if you started something maybe five years ago, 10 years ago or longer, you might wanna just go ahead and review it one more time. We're going to be doing this. Sister Benita Hampton always puts these together for us. And the first of the month, uh, I think it's November 4th, we want you to come. It's going to start at 9. It actually will start before my prayer session. Because I want to make sure that you have one-on-one time with some of these officials. I don't want you to feel like you are too embarrassed to ask the question because other people will be overhearing your business. So we want to put your business in a private uh uh, meeting with the, some of these representatives. We will eke out some of the classroom. We'll do an, a general briefing and then we'll make time so that you can have that individual moment with them. That paper that you don't want anybody else to see. That will, that might not be a valid will. You might want to see, have somebody, we'll have legal people here as well to help you to understand. Understand what a will is. Understand what an estate planning is. A number of different things that we need to put in place so please avail yourself go ahead and circle your calendars for november 4th at nine o'clock and let's get up and let's get informed my people perish for what don't have a lack of knowledge in this area please amen how many of you love the word of god how many of you are ready for the word of god right now well we have a messenger today that's going to bring the word of god he is one of the sons in this house, and he is one of those people that I would say is in the background. He's quiet. You've heard me say this about him, and I still say it about him. He's a young man, but he got the soul of an old man, and that's why I love sitting down with him. I, I, I don't mind saying old. Oh, I'm old. Some of y'all don't want to say that you're old. You're old. God spoke to Peter and says, Peter, you're going to get old. So if you think that, you know, by coloring your hair and dyeing your hair and shaving your hair off like I do, that still don't keep you from getting old. But sometimes you can go to the point where you grow and you appreciate the fact that you've gotten older. When I look back and I see nephews and nieces and great nephews and great nieces, I realize some time has gone by. I laugh, and my niece saw me coming out of, the building the other day she said oh i thought i was seeing granddaddy i said don't worry i looked in the mirror one day and i thought i was seeing him too <laughs> look just like him and you realize over the course of time god is just seeing you and helping you to realize time is precious i believe this young man god gave him that kind of wisdom early on how precious time is how important it is for a person to know god and to make god known I would like for you to just stand with me and welcome the ministry of Brother Kyle Campbell and his entire family. I I see all of them sitting up here with him, and I am so thankful. And Kyle, come and just take your liberty and bless us with what God has blessed you with. Thank you, Pastor.
0: So bear with me today, I'm going to be using my phone, I'm not texting up here, Uh, uh, but um, let's stand and just look to the Lord. Father, would you release the kids over there? Oh yes, yes, yes. So I believe uh, Whitney and some others uh, are working with our children um, today as they practice for a perform, well, not a performance, but leading us in worship on the last, uh, week of October. And so now they would like to be dismissed. And so, uh, why don't we have all the children go to the door to my left over here and we'll pray for them as they go. All right. Uh, Father, we thank you for the blessing of our children. We thank you that God that you've given them to us as gifts and that God that they're going to be oaks of righteousness. Oh God, Lord, they're planted for your glory. They're planted for your, 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 all of your honor in the name of Jesus. And so father, they're going to learn how to sing your praises at all times. They're going to learn how to pray at all times and live by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen Amen. and amen. All right, you may be seated. Um, So today, um, I want to talk to you from the, the scripture of Haggai. I know that's not a Book that we always jump to, um, but it's the book where God has been speaking to me about. Uh, it's a, a small book, so it's going to be hard to find. So don't be afraid to use your table of con- uh, contents. It's one of the minor prophets, not because he's minor, but because it's a smaller book. It's two chapters. It's on page 1306. Uh, pastor says it's on page 1306. That's his Bible, not yours. Uh, so. Um, and actually, uh, uh, I'll tell them myself, I actually had trouble finding my Bible today because I usually use my phone or my computer. So I know that some of you don't even know how to turn the pages, uh, but open up your Bible today. Let's be encouraged to open up our Bibles today, all right? Um, now, this scripture uh, came to me uh, a few months ago, and I really have been meditating on it. It's it's a scripture that I have to admit that it's for me uh, most importantly, but I believe that God has it, has communicated it to me for you for for this week, all right? But God is speaking to me, so I'm still meditating on the scripture, and I encourage you as we leave this place that you read the entire book of uh, Haggai. Remember, it's only two chapters, not long at all. You probably can read it while we're sitting here, but please don't. Um, But uh, it's something, there's something deep in it. There's a lot of little nuggets in it. And so meditate on it. I encourage you to meditate on it even after we leave this place. All right. Amen. But I believe that it's a book that talks about time. All right. What time is it? I remember I I played football uh, growing up and it's crazy to say growing up. You know, I've realized that I'm in a new age bracket, um, and it's just like, whoa, what's going on here? I, I'm getting older, like Pastor Orr said. I'm not ashamed of it. It's just a different way. I, you know, I feel the same. I may not look the same, but I feel the same. Um, but uh, yeah, growing up, I used to play football, used to wrestle. But when we were, during football season, you had a couple weeks Uh, before your first game, right? Uh, A couple weeks of practice before your first game. And so before the first game, coaches and, you know, all the people that were helping, they would all uh, have a hype session before your first game. And they would, sometimes they would chant, what time is it? And do you know the response? Do I have any football players in here? Game time, that's right. What time is it? It's game time. And you know, it was important for them to get us in a new mindset, right? Because we were so used to practicing. Well, who do you practice? Yourself. Practice doesn't really matter when it's game time. Now you have an opponent. So you have to stop being friendly because you, know, you don't want to truck your friends at practice. You don't want to stiff arm your friends to the floor at practice. But in game time, you got to be ready to go. And so they would chant this and say, what time is it? So that you in your being would know that you have to turn it on. You have to give 100%. No more 80%. No more 10%. Whatever you were giving at practice, you have to go above and beyond because it's game time. Now, Haggai is saying, whoa, it's time to build. It's time to build. It's a shift from seasons. Even as we just shifted from summer uh, to, to fall, there's a shifting in season. And Haggai is, is now proclaiming a shift, a shift. Who w- what was shifting? If you know the story uh, of this prophet, then you know that this, he's speaking to a people that just came out of Persia. They just came out of Persia, and God had led them out of the captivity, and they're going back to um, uh, Jerusalem, and they are going to rebuild at this time. That's why the leader, uh, the king of Persia, even sent them. It was, go back and rebuild your city. You have found favor with us. Go back and rebuild your city. Go back and rebuild your city. So they're coming out of captivity back into their homeland and God is saying it's time to build it's time to build it is no longer you're no longer in captivity you're no longer in the struggle you're no longer uh, uh, sick. You're no longer dot, dot, dot. You plug it in. You're no longer in poverty. You're no longer struggling in that relationship. You're, you're, you've come out of that, and you're no longer in captivity. You're in your homeland, and now it's time to build. It's time to build. So this scripture is showing you that, hey, we're shifting the atmosphere is shifting. Yeah, it is. Your mindset has shifted. For us, what God was telling us is, or telling me specifically, COVID is done. Yeah. It, it, is coronavirus still circling around? Yes. But the, the measures that we were pla- uh, 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 placing, the lockdown is done. It's been done. Yeah. Right? It's been done. But we still have the mindset. We still have the mindset, but God is saying, it's time to shift. It's time to build. We are no longer in lockdown mode. We are no longer in captivity mode. It is time to build. And so we're going to talk about what we're building, but it's time to build. I want you to know that it's time to build. Amen. Say it with me. It's time to, build. Time, to build. time to build. Time to build because I need you to get a mindset change. I need you to know it is time to build. Yeah.
2: yeah. It is
0: time to build. Don't stay where you are. Don't do things how you always done them because it's time to build.
1: It's time to build.
0: All right, let's open up our scriptures. Oh, I may mention that uh, when we talk about timing, you know, it is biblical to understand the times. It's biblical to understand what time you're in, what season you're in. And in uh, 1 Chronicles, it actually mentions, right, the sons of Issachar. And it said they knew the time that they were in. They knew the season that they were in. So I want you to know the season that you're in this morning, all right? All right, we're over in Haggai chapter 1. I'm going to start reading at verse 4. Is it time for you yourselves is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panelled houses while this house lies in ruins Is it time for you to dwell in your panelled houses while this house lies in ruin I think you all know the answer God has no house what is he talking about his house? His temple is not built. They were supposed to go back and build Jerusalem. A part of that is to build the temple. Yes. That was their assignment. They came out of captivity. And that their assignment was to build the temple. But they built their house. And allowed God's house to stay in a decayed manner. And God is saying, whoa, 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 is it time? And he says, now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, think about your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but it's never enough. You drink, and you will never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag of holes. Have you ever had a season of your life where you are doing everything that you know to do is right, but you're not yielding the results you're doing everything that you know to do. You're coming to prayer. You're coming to church. You're, you're, you're giving your tithe. You're giving this. And you're like, but I'm not seeing the results. Or actually, let's shift this. Because I, I think a lot of times when we hear the, the, the term sowing and reaping, if we think about it, we, we don't have the full sense of, 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 of what that means, right? Because I don't know about you. I didn't grow up on a farm. I had a garden, but I, didn't, I don't have a farm, and we don't talk about sowing and reaping. The only time I hear sowing and reaping is when I come to church. T- in today's age, we don't say sowing and reaping. We say, where are you investing? Are you investing in your education? Right? Are you investing in your relationships? Are you investing in your job, your career? Are you investing are you investing your money financially? And when you understand like this concept of sowing and reaping from a biblical sense, and you translate it in today's uh, language of investing, the idea is that you, you don't just sow and reap what you sow. That's right. right? It's not I plant a seed and I get an apple back. When I plant a seed, I'm expecting a multiplication. I'm expecting a multiplication to happen. I'm expecting, right? I'm expecting a higher fold return. Or else it's not investing. It's not investing, it's trading. But it's not investing. And so, are you investing a lot, but not seeing the reward? Because what God is saying here is you're investing a lot. You're not seeing your reward and you're wondering why. And it's because my house is not built. Mm. Mm. You want me to bless what you have invested? You want me to multiply what you have invested? And all the things that you're investing are good things. Yeah. Notice they're not, they weren't investing in idolatry. They're not investing in idolatry they are not investing Different things like that, right? Sin. They're not investing sin, but they're expecting a return and they're not seeing the return. They're not seeing it. And God is saying, the reason why you're sowing and you're not reaping is because I've sent you on assignment and you're not completing your assignment. Help us, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus would have said it like this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God seek you first the kingdom of God and then everything will be added unto you we have to seek God first we have to seek God first we have to sow but we have to seek him in our sowing understood make sense Let's go quickly over to uh, the second chapter. Oh, uh, I want to say something else about this, but go over to the second chapter. We're going go to go down the verse, uh, uh, what is it, 4, 3. We're going to go to verse 3, but I want to say this. Please, when you hear the word of God, respond. Amen. Yeah. Because if you read that, that chapter a little bit further, right, you go down in that chapter... They respond. They hear it and they respond. They hear it and they respond. They don't wait. They don't contemplate. Is this good? Is this bad? Am I really gonna get the results that I that I want to see? They respond quickly. Quickly, because why? Because they trust God. He's the God that just led them out of captivity. Yes,
2: amen. He's the
0: God that just saved them. Can you imagine? I mean, I, I, I say captivity, but you have to understand they're slaves, right? When we hear about the story of Daniel and we hear about the uh, uh, story of the three Hebrew boys, this is where they are. They're in captivity. They're, they've been dragged out of their own land. Their parents have been killed. They are living as servants to some other. And so it's not a light thing. God brought them out and gave them favor, gave them favor. God did above and beyond. They could even ask or think because not only did he release them, but he gave them favor. They said, take stuff with you. Take stuff with you as you go. Take it with you because you have favor. I acknowledge that your God is real. I acknowledge that your God is faithful. Go, go and rebuild your city. And so when they hear the instructions of the Lord, they respond quickly. When I was reading the story of Eli, and I like to quote this because I really don't understand Eli. It's so hard for me. And I really pray, when I read the story of Eli, I pray that I'm not I will never be an Eli. I will never be Eli. He's a (coughs) kingmaker. He crowns kings. He he knows to hear from God yeah. and he knows to speak what God speaks. But Eli had a weakness. Eli's kids were doing terrible things in the temple. Yeah. Terrible things. Yeah. Stealing people's offerings taking the fat of the offering before it was even sacrificed. They're supposed to wait for it to be sacrificed, sleeping with the people, with the women at the, the, at the, at the gate. They were doing all sorts of wickedness and God warned him and he did nothing. He did nothing. But what shocks me is that Samuel who's in his care. And by the way, We don't talk about Hannah enough to to really say the faith that it took for her to surrender her son when she knew that the man of God, he was a man of God because he listened and spoke what God spoke. But his own children were not were not doing the will of God. And she said, God, I promise you. I promise you, my son. And she didn't hesitate. She didn't hesitate. That takes a lot of faith. Because I'm telling you right now, Eden would not be there. Jemma right. would not be there. You, you understand? Yeah. Emmanuel would not be there. It would not. Uh, no? Him? Him? No way. I know what I said, God, but eh, is there somebody else in the land? But Eli, right? What so drives me so crazy about Eli is he knows to hear from God. Even Samuel says who's calling me? Are you calling me? And Eli says, after a couple times, Eli says, go. It's, it's God calling you. And then the next day he says, well, what does he say? What does God say? Don't mince words. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Tell me exactly what God says. And it's a prophecy against his own house. Yeah. It's a prophecy that says, you'll die, your sons will die, and you know his response? This is the craziest part of it all. You know his response? It wasn't like David who said, woe is me. Let me fast and pray that God would change. It's not like Abraham when when God was speaking against Sodom and Gomorrah Abraham wasn't even in Sodom and Gomorrah. But he said, is there, is there uh, 20? Would you save the city if there, if there are 20? If there are 10? Are, are there any righteous, God? Please change your mind. You know what Eli says? He says, okay, what God will do, he'll do. What will happen will happen. What? No, honestly, what? Can you imagine a prophecy against your household like that? Oh, God, change me. Uh, God, those sons, I'll I'll cast them out. But God, I'm going to do your will. God, I'll I'll change everything. I'll correct them. I'll tell them that they're wrong. They can't be temple servants acting like this. They need to go. If I need some other people to come and get them, they're going to go. Because I cannot... I cannot accept that prophecy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to change. And what do we understand from, from Paul when he talks about prophecies in the New Testament is to prepare us for the time that is coming. It is not to condemn us, it is to change us, yes. to change our behavior. Yeah. Do you understand? It's to shift us. When the word of the Lord comes, it is to shift you. When you hear the word, respond. Amen. Don't respond like Eli. Respond and say, God, I'm going to change. I repent. I'm going to change. I'm going to do your will, God. I'm going to exalt you, O God. Yes, Are we over in Haggai 2, uh, uh, verse 3? Yes. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not nothing? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? You know, the people responded, and they responded quickly. They responded quickly. They responded very quickly. But you know what they didn't do? They didn't do it with their whole heart. They didn't do it with their whole heart. They looked, and they said, okay, God said build his house. Let me go build his house. Oh, let, let me just go through the motions and do what God said. But God is saying, do it with your whole heart. Yes. Do it with your whole heart. Do it with your whole heart. Do you see my house in its former glory? Now, th- to be honest, I, I didn't research this, but I don't know if any of them actually had seen it. But they knew about it. Yeah. They spoke of stories about it. You understand? They heard the stories from their, from their parents and their grandparents about the, the splendor. Who built the, 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 the first temple? It was Solomon. And he had all of the resources needed. Even more. Even more. When God does a thing, he, he provides. Yes, amen. And so is do it with your whole heart. Don't hesitate. Do it with your whole heart. Do it with purpose and meaning, understanding that you're doing it unto the glory of God. Amen. Because it's an assignment that he's given you. Amen. He's giving you an assignment. Do it. Amen. Do it quickly. It's time to build. Amen. And do it with your whole heart. Amen. Do not hesitate. Do not do it haphazardly. But do it with all your strength with all your heart because you're doing it unto God. You're doing it unto God. And we all have a plan and we all have a a purpose in this thing. God has given us each a purpose. He's given us each a part of the vision. You know, Pastor Horace, uh, when I first came here, I heard uh, a lot about the vision of the church. But that vision that Pastor Horace had and that I connected with he can't do it by himself. Amen. He brought all of us together so that we can each do our part Amen. to make sure that the vision comes to pass. Amen. But it's not about him or Miss Pat. It's not about them. It's about God's kingdom. Amen. It's about God's kingdom. God wants to be glorified. Amen. God wants to be glorified. Amen. And he wants to be glorified through us. Yes. Each of us. Hollywood. Not the pastor. And I'm saying that because some of us really have it in us that the pastor is the face of God. The, the, the hands of God. No, we are. Amen. All of us. Pastor included. But all of us. And we have to get that mindset because when we're doing work, we have to to put our hands to the plow just as faithfully, just as faithfully, just as faithfully. You hear me? Just as faithfully, Amen. just as, as you have to have that unction in you, that motivation to say, God, I'm doing it unto you. I know my house needs this, but I'm doing this unto you because you said in this time, I need to do this unto you. Amen. You understand? Yeah. All right, let's skip down. Um, the next couple of verses, I don't have, but it's on the screen. It's okay. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to tell you the essence. It says, fear not. I'm with you.
2: Yeah.
0: Fear not. I am with you. Now think about this. What are they fearing? What do you have to fear when you have God on your side? Amen. When God gives you a, a, a command And he tells you to go and an assignment and he tells you to go and do it. What do you have to fear? Is not God the the master of all creation? We say it in our prayers. We 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 acknowledge him in our worship when we're in the front of the church and we, we we say, Oh, you're you're great. You're, you're awesome, you're mighty, you're majestic, you're everything, God. But when we go out of that, this place and we're, we're going through the motions of everyday life, do we still have that mindset? Yeah. Yeah. Do we still have that, that, that idea in our mind? Do we have it in our heart that we know that God is with me? God is with me. No one can stand against me. God is with me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper because God is with me. Oh, Oh, arrows may be formed. Arrows may be fired, but they shall not touch me because God is with me. Sickness may come, but sickness will go because God is with me. I understand that God is with me. No one can block my assignment because God is with me. Amen. No one can block your assignment because God is with you. No one can stop you because God is with you. You have an assignment and you will complete it. Amen. You have an assignment and you will complete it. Yeah. Amen. Your assignment is not over. How do I know? Because you're still here. Yeah. Yeah. You're still here. God still has an assignment for you. Amen. Amen. Don't get it twisted. Don't don't get confused. Don't be in fear. What will I look like? It doesn't matter. You know, I find it so interesting that when God talks about fear not in the New Testament, when we always, well, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Do you know why he's telling Timothy that? Because Timothy has an assignment to preach the gospel. See, we sometimes we're bold in everything else in life. We're bold in every other area of life. You know, I go to the store with some people, and you're like, where did that attitude come from? Right? Like, the, the, the confidence. It's like, oh, they gave me something that I didn't want, and I, I, I don't have to take that. You know, the, the attitude when you go to a restaurant, it's like, well, I ordered this. It's my money. I, I'm going to get what I pay for. The attitude, the tenacity. People at my job, oh, some have attitude. Pride is just all through them. But we have something to be prideful in, yes. our God. Amen. And Amen. when it matters most, well, well, God can't use me. God can't use me. Oh, God, do you really want me to speak to that guy? Do do, do you really want me to speak to my neighbor? Do you you really want that to happen? Well, God is putting some, uh, creating some opportunities for you in this season. He's creating opportunities for this in this season for you. He's going to cross... People are going to cross your path. It's not just to gist with them. It's not just to uh, speak whatever. It's so that you can share the good news of God with them. You may not think that they're ready, but they're crossing your path because they're ready to hear something. As Pastor already said, some, some plant, some water, some harvest... You don't know which part is yours, but just do your part. Be ready to do your part because it's time to build. It's time to build. It's time to build. And and what are we building? We're building God's kingdom. Is it, is this about, is this about a building? No. God said, I want to reside in some people. I need people to be built in this season. I need people to be discipled in this season. It's your job to disciple. It's my job to disciple. But God is saying in this season, it's time to build people. Yes. Amen. It's time to build people. Amen. Amen. We, we understand that we're a remnant left from COVID. Churches were way more full before COVID. Now we're left. And he's saying, I, it's not about filling the seats up it's not about filling the seats up. It's about making sure people have God on the inside of them, that Jesus is, is is home on the inside of people and it's time to build. It's time to build. Um, we we used to go down to discovery camp with the youth. Now remember uh, Tommy uh, Birchfield, is that his name? Birchfield. And uh, he, he was speaking to all the, all the chaperones, all the leaders and, he was praying, and he said, you see all these seats, and there was a, their, their sanctuary for their discovery camp is probably three, four, five times as big as this or something, right? That's what I remember. Is that right, Funto? Yes. And a whole section of it, a whole section of it was empty. A whole section over here. Mr. Ron was on that trip. A whole section of it was, was empty on the other side. And he, and he said, you guys see empty seats. You look with your natural eyes. Right, now. You see empty seats. But I see people in these seats. I see children in these seats. I see people getting delivered in these seats. Yes. I see people yes. giving their lives to Christ in these seats. I see people coming off the street and I see them in the seat. You can't yes. see them. I see them in the seat. I'm telling you, put on the eyes of Christ. Yes. Because those people who you believe for into the kingdom, they're coming into the kingdom. Yes. We declare it. We decree it. That we don't declare and decree just for cars and houses and, and other stuff. We're declaring, decreeing that people will be yeah. in these seats. You understand? We're, we're believing for people in, in coming into the kingdom of God, whether it's this church, whether it's church down the road, I don't care what church, but they're coming into the kingdom. Now is the time. Yeah. Now is the time. And I'm telling you, you, you wonder why I'm so excited. I usually sit There, I'm not loud, but God is speaking to me today. You understand? Now is the time to build. Now is the time to build. Now, now watch this. Now, watch this because this is actually the first verse that God had me to read. Let's move down. Oh, 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 no. Before we get there, I need to. God told me to correct some stuff because. I do do some Instagram scrolling from time to time, and there's some weird stuff out there on Instagram, all right? Some weird stuff. And as much as we now can use these platforms to spread the gospel of Christ, some people have some weird stuff that they put out there. And it's only a two-minute bite, right? So you really don't understand the context, but it sounds good, it sounds right, but it ain't right. You need to understand your Bible so that you're you're not just tossed to and fro. Because some people do not have the knowledge of God, and they're speaking like they do. One of the things that they say is God doesn't speak. The gift of prophecy is, is no more. And they use the scripture in, in 1 Corinthians where it talks about love, but they, but they say, oh, well, the, the gift of prophecy, the gift of knowledge will, will, will pass away. Well, who said that is now? No, honestly, where in your scripture do you understand that it's now? You say in the book of Acts, he's speaking, he's speaking, he's speaking, but all of a sudden he doesn't speak? God still speaks. Do you understand? In Job chapter 33, it says, God speaks. He whispers in your ears. He, he talks to you in your visions. He talks to you in your dreams. Don't say that God doesn't speak. God is speaking. He's speaking. And then there's another idea that floats out there not just that God doesn't speak. Then somebody says, Well, God speaks, but He only speaks to the leader. He only speaks to the leader. There's a whole sect of Christianity that says, oh, yeah, 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 the, the, the prophet at the top. The prophet at the top gets the knowledge. This is furthest from the truth. You look at all the disciples. Look at all the disciples, but more importantly, look at the story in Acts 10. Acts 10, when Cornelius, a Gentile, hears from God well. a Gentile hears from God he speaks to them and says hey you, there, there's Peter there's Peter he's going to come and he's going to give you a word send your men and Cornelius he doesn't hesitate you understand he doesn't hesitate hey, oh the, those Jews they don't affiliate with us no 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 they, no no he doesn't hesitate and he sends his men and guess what Peter got the same vision he packs his bag and he's all ready to go. And what happens when Peter gets there? It says his household, Cornelius' household. Is it the whole church that Cornelius was running? No, it was his household and his relatives and his friends that were saved. Amen. God wants to save you, yeah. your household, Amen. your friends. Yes. He's going to speak to you so you can speak to them. Yes. You understand? Amen. God speaks. God is speaking, don't ever follow this nonsense, God speaks, I remember uh, Talib Muhammad was here uh, a few years ago, and he was telling the story about Timbuktu, do you, anybody remember that story about Timbuktu? He said he had an assignment on Timbuktu, and you know, he was delaying it, he was delaying it, and he said even uh, uh, some, somebody in the grocery store, Walmart, uh, told him and said, hey, you, you have an assignment in Timbuktu. And he said, oh, you're a Baptist. Oh, And he said, "You, what, you God speaks to us Baptists too. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I'm still in Talit Muhammad's story, so let him see it, Pastor. Uh, but, but, he, but then what's so shocking is that Talit goes all the way to Timbuktu. And they say, we're waiting for you. We've been waiting a year. What, what happened? <laughs> what took you so long? You understand? Yeah. They, God is speaking. Yes. You, how can you hear this and not believe that yes. God is speaking? Yes. He didn't just speak to Talad and said, go to Timbuktu. He spoke to a, a random a person in the a grocery store to stop talent and said, God is still telling you to go. And then he speaks to the man in Timbuktu and says, someone is coming. Yeah. God is speaking. Yeah. God is speaking. Amen. And the same way he does it for Talib, he's no respecter of person. He'll do it for you. Amen. And so when you get this mindset, okay, God is speaking to me, act.
2: Yeah. Yes, amen. Act
0: on it and do it with your whole heart. Yeah. Amen. All right, so now we're ready for, for uh, uh, Haggai. And I think um, Brother Barry he told me I have a time limit, so. Uh, he's, he's security, so, uh, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, let's go to verse 6. Verse 6. And this is what, I have to take my Bible for this one. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more. I want to stop there. He says yet once more yet once more why is he saying this why is he saying this yet once more see some of us know that God has brought us out of some stuff God has uh, has told us to complete an assignment and we've already done that assignment and now we're off to another assignment and now we are stuck where we are because we, we, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I should do. But God is saying, hey, fear not. And yet once more, God is about to do something. Do you understand? Okay, let's, let's talk about the building of the tabernacle, right? So when God wants to build the tabernacle in the wilderness, right? When, when Moses is leading the people out of, out of Egypt, they need to build a tabernacle. God says, build the tabernacle. What? How did they get their needs supplied? God just says, come give. And they had an abundance. Moses said, well, you know, we have enough. He didn't even store, he didn't even do what some people would do, store more up, you know, for future use. He said, nope, we have enough, enough. Stop giving. They gave the timber. They gave the gold. They gave the silver. They gave uh, every cloth that was hanging for the tabernacle. They gave everything that was needed, and above, and above, God meets the needs of the work that He wants done. He He makes sure He supplies the need. You understand? He supplies the need move forward Solomon's building the temple David amassed an enormous amount of wealth because he defeated the enemies he defeated the enemies that were trying to take over Israel and then it says also in the word that when Solomon is building nations bring things it says the queen of Sheba comes out of Africa brings wealth because God supplies all of their needs. They needed stuff for the temple. God supplied it. Do you understand? God is saying, fear not because some of us are moving into things and God has called us to stuff and we're just looking around and saying, I don't have what I need, God. I don't have, I don't have the experience. I don't have, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have the people. I don't have this. I don't have the resources. I don't have the money. I don't have it, God. I don't see it. And he's saying, build. Amen. Build. You may not see it. You may not, You you can't see it in the natural. But he's going to supply his need. Because what did he say? Yet once again. See, I've did it before. I I gave you abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. And now I'm going to do it again. And yet once more. God is going to keep doing it. He's going to keep blessing his people. We do not have to be uh, in doubt. We do not have to be in doubt. Because and yet once more. What is he about to do? I will shake the heavens. I will shake the earth. I will shake the sea and the dry land. He's about to shake some stuff. He's about to say He's about to shake some stuff. He supplies his need. He supplies. So let's keep reading. And my the Bible got turned here. He says. God is going to supply all your needs. Just start working. Do it wholeheartedly. Believe God that he's going to supply it. As you you use one log, he'll give you another. He's going to supply it. You may not see it, but yet, yet once more, yet once more, he's going to supply He's going to supply. He's going to supply. He's going to supply. Let's jump down a little further. Let's go over to, uh, uh, I think, Haggai 2, and he says uh, in verse 21... And he says, speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth. Again, right? Same word. And to overthrow the kingdoms. And I'm about to destroy the strength of the kingdom of nations and overthrow chariots and their riders. And the horses and their riders shall go down, everyone by the sword of his brother. Sometimes... We're afraid because of the enemy. We're afraid to do the work because of the enemy. But God is saying, I'm shaking the heavens. I'm shaking the earth. Your enemy will not have charge over you. The enemy will not conquer you. He will trouble whatever is troubling you. He will trouble whatever is troubling you. He's defeated them. And now, see... See, in those days, they were always looking for hope. They were always thinking about the future, right? They were always thinking, well, God is going to come and deliver. Now we know that Jesus has already come, and Jesus has already delivered us. Jesus has come, and he has already given us the victory. He has already fought. Warfare that we don't have to fight. We wrestle not with flesh or blood. You understand? God has already given us the victory. We already have the hope. We have something that they, they didn't even know of. They hoped in their heart. They hoped in their heart. We have already experienced it. You understand? Nothing is going to stop you from your God-given excitement. Nothing nothing God is supplying every one of your needs and everything that is working against you shall be cast down in the name of Jesus we cast it down right now in the name of Jesus that sickness that is coming against you where you feel like I can't move I can't do what God has called me I can't speak into the lives of the people that I know you sent me to because I can't breathe oh God well father we know it's cast down in the name of Jesus some of you are not mobile. You're, you can't walk. But God is saying you will get up and walk Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's done. It's done. Amen. You understand God is moving. Yes, yes. Yeah. Whatever is preventing you. Oh, I don't have that education. God will make a way. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. You understand? God is making a way. Yes. Yes, he is. And I want you to keep this in perspective. What we're building is the kingdom of God. Amen. Yeah. What Amen. we're building, is not about us. Yes. You know, uh, Funta and I, the the first house we bought, we um, it was down in Riverdale, and it was on the upper part of our our uh, budget. Right, we weren't sure, but you know, we believe God that He'll supply His need. He'll supply our needs. He'll supply our needs because we're going to have this to be a blessing for others. We bought it in December. We had somebody living there because they had no place to stay by March. We, We had that house for five years. We housed over five people. You understand? Five different people who needed a place to stay because we were, we were able to be a blessing. Yeah. And Amen. you know what, where we said, oh, well, you know, we don't really have it in the budget. Uh, we, we, you know, it's going to be hard. God said, I'll give you raise. Yeah. Amen. I really I'll make a raise. way. Amen. I'll increase you. You you're listening to me. I'll increase you. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I gave uh, my car to my brother. He, he came out of jail. He, he needed a, a ride. Then we had Eden. And I'm like, oh, God, did I make a mistake? Did I make a mistake? Should, should I have kept my car? Should I traded it in for something bigger? God made a way.
2: Yeah.
0: I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. When you do operate in God, he'll supply your needs so that you can be a blessing. And not just, I'm telling you, You, not just people living in your house, you can disciple some folks. See, when people know that you care about them, now they're starting to listen. They're starting to listen. They're, but you have to do the work. You have to move out. You have to move. And time, the time, the time, the time is now. The time is now. The harvest is ripe. Ripe. The harvest is ripe. It's ripe. It's ripe. And we have to be ready to move. And it's not just going through the motions. Oh, yeah, I, I came and I, and I helped uh, give out food. Did you talk to somebody?
2: Yes, yes.
0: amen. Oh, I, I, I came and I, and I opened this and I did this. Well, were you being a blessing to somebody or did you scare people off? Yeah, amen. Yeah. Honestly, we, we all know what we're talking about here. Are you being a blessing? Yeah. Yes. Are you, are you speaking where you can speak? You know, I, um, I, I see Miss Mabel there and, and I remember going to the, the prison with uh, Brother Alfred and uh, Mr. Alfred and I remember all the prisoners like, what is this 85-year-old man doing here? What, or 80, I think he was 83 or whatever the point is. What is he doing here? He could be relaxing at home. He could be doing whatever. But he was a blessing. Amen. And it spoke volumes to them. It spoke volumes to me. You understand? When somebody like that is in your life where they can just pour out wisdom. They can just pour out wisdom. No one in here is too old. No one in here is too young. God wants you to be a blessing.
2: Yes, he does.
0: Whatever you have, linden. Because now is the time to build. Amen. Can we all stand? Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this time. We thank you because, God, you will make a way in our lives, oh God. You have made a way. You have made a way. We extol you. We proclaim your greatness, oh God, today. Father, uh, we cast aside our lethargy. We we cast aside our, our, our... feeling of being comfortable, oh God. We cast aside all of that stuff that gets us stuck. But God, we embrace your word today. And we will follow you. We will listen to your voice. And we will follow hard after you, oh God. And Father, for someone who doesn't know you today, maybe they don't understand this message. Maybe they don't fully comprehend what is being said today. Father, we offer them Christ to you. We offer Christ to them. We offer Christ to them. For God, the first work that you can do in the kingdom of God is accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. The first work is to embrace God as your lord embrace Jesus as your lord embrace him to say come into my heart that's the first work a surrendering a surrendering of your will surrendering of your way to come in because God is saying look uh, my arms are open i've bridged the gap your sin took me far, took you far from me, but I gave my son Jesus Christ so that you could have life and you can have it more abundantly. I've given you access to me now through Jesus. So we thank you for Jesus, oh God. We thank you for his work, and we embrace him today. We embrace him. Dear God, we love you. Let us focus and meditate on you day and night. Let us, our minds be stayed on you, O God, that you would keep us in perfect peace. Even as the scripture said, I will shake it so that you have peace. That our minds would be a place of peace. We thank you, O God, for that peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. amen.
1: Praise God, what a word, what a word. If I could ring back to what Kyle said to us in the very beginning, he says, in that football analogy he gave, he says the coaches would ask, what time is it? And the players knew and they would shout back, it's game time, it's game time. It brought me to a remembrance though, Kyle, um, during a basketball season, there was a guy who was on the team. He would just put, you know, the outer sweats on. And there was a time when the coach looked down the bench. He was so used to not getting in the game. But it was a game, and the coach looked down on the bench, and he called his number. But the kid was so used to not getting in the game, he didn't even really get dressed. You, know, you ever seen basketball players, if they got the sweats on, they snatch them off and they've got the shorts? He couldn't snatch his off because he wasn't even dressed. Folks, you got to get dressed in Christ now. You got to get clothed in Christ. And you got to be ready. The Bible says, Be ye also ready. And Kyle said to us this morning, God is saying, the time is now. God wants us to build his kingdom so that his kingdom come, so that his will is being what? Done. Where? Here on earth. You can't just say, my Christianity is all about getting to the by and by. God is saying, what about now? And now, doing the will of God. Do I have any now people here with me? If you are a now person, I want you to just raise your hand, both hands toward heaven, because what we are doing is saying, God, I am surrendering. I'm not going to go out of here, Lord, and do what I've done in the past. You will find me engaged. You will find me involved. You will find me maturing and growing and developing. You will find me witnessing. Loving and being kind and tender-hearted to other people, you will find me with the word of God in my mouth. Yes, being instant in season, being instant out of season, doing the work of ministry. I am called to be a minister of reconciliation, every one of us. And that's what we will do, Father. That's what we will do. So Father, we repent for any lethargy days. In these slothful days, in the days where we chose us over you, chose other things over you, no more. We will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of the other things, they'll be added to us. No more choosing me over God, no more choosing this or that or others over God. God is first, and we're returning to our first love. This is what was happening in Hagar. They were returning. But God wanted them to return to their first love. You got to return. Those of you who are sitting and viewing, you got to return. Those that have been scattered, you got to return. And return to your first love. And Father, we thank you. We love you. We're going to continue to love you. And we know you love us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for surrounding us with your favor like a shield. We came in blessed, and wow, did we get blessed. Thank you, Brother Kyle. Give Kyle a, a, a hand clap, even as we are honoring the Lord with a hand clap as well for the Word of God. You came in blessed. You're going out blessed, and you go out blessed so that you can be a blessing. Go be a blessing in Jesus' name.
0: Thanks again for joining us today.
1: Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.